0: How do we build the world that we are longing for in the here and now? This is the question that orients and guides the work of my, my beloved friend, Sol Gonzalez. Sol is uh, an intuitive coach. They are a holder of space. They facilitate, they're an energy worker, and they're someone who really cares about justice. They're very passionate about justice, about the quest for liberation, while also staying committed to spiritual practices and the practices of mindfulness and finding a way to inhabit uh, their body and their heart to tend to their nervous system to help others do so even in a world that seems to be coming a part of the seems a world where we experience um tragedies such as what is happening in Gaza as we as uh, as we record this podcast so i will let you get to know Saul. i have included um, their bio in uh, in the show notes and what i want to say is about it's something about the importance of that soul holds for me uh, so it's a, it's a friend. We we have fun together. We laugh together. We have a, a meaningful personal relationship. But they also have long held a kind of... Uh, They're they, they like an archetype for me and for my own growth. They hold a, a way of sensing and a way of feeling and a way of being in the world that can often feel... Quite different from from how I grew up in my own generation, even though we are both of uh, Latino heritage. Uh, and, and and in that encounter, I have learned so much. I have learned so much about about myself, and I have grown immensely. And I am just so grateful for for oh, soul holding that that energy and that way of being. In this podcast, we'll talk about their approach to coaching, the way they hold and mirror the person they're partnering with. Um, we'll talk about justice. We'll talk about self-regulation. We'll talk about their story as a migrant and as a, as a queer person that, uh, that is also a non-binary person. It is a, it is a, re- a rich conversation. I left it feeling settled myself a sense of a sense of of quieting that that it's necessary. I'm hoping that you get e- even half as much as I got out of this conversation um, because it will be rich. Thank you always for listening. For those of you that are new, my name is Gibran Rivera. I am a coach, a guide, a teacher and a facilitator. And with this podcast, I am inviting you into a conversation with remarkable humans who are devoting their lives to the evolution of consciousness and culture. Thank you. Hola, Sol. Que bueno. Well, I just started in Spanish. Hello, Sol. So good to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this for a while.
1: I am excited to be here, I'm grateful to get to touch in with you, and curious what we conjure together.
0: Ah, That's right. I think that's the right posture. I already got my goosebumps, like something is <laughs> true and right here. Um. Well, I wanted people to get to know you, to meet you, to hear about you and from you. And I'm especially interested in learning more about your coaching practice, and people learning more about that as as a fellow coach, I am always curious as to what people are bringing to the practice. But I want people to also know you as a person and the light that you bring, the magic and medicine that you bring. One question that I start every episode with is um, if there's a, a belief, a way of thinking, that you used to have that you that maybe even defined you that is no longer so has such a grip on you um and the reason for that is i feel like we're in a time where everybody's just like really doubling down on belief systems you know and ideological postures and just kind of being right over right and kind of freezing in place and I feel like the most important thing is to keep learning and to keep growing and the most courageous thing is to be able to let go of ideas that that have us, you know, so that we can have them mm-hmm. instead. And so it's a it's a question I like to ask every guest and I'm wondering if there's something that comes right up for you.
1: Yeah, I love I love that question. Um the first thing that came to mind was um, that I was most powerful when I was against something. Um, And then what that feeling led me to is um, I wasn't, um, I didn't know what would open up for me when I turned towards my essence of being non-binary and non-binary as, as a, as a creative space and as a conjuring space and as a creative space. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm, yeah, shifting from being uh, against something
2: mm-hmm.
1: towards uh, being holistic mm-hmm. mm, and non-binary. Not as in I'm reacting to a binary, but non-binary as in I am holding all directions in mm-hmm. my body. Mm-hmm. I I am still I am grounded. I am rooted. And I hold all of the directions in my sense of truth and possibility and love and action
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um liberation.
0: I see. I see. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I love no I love hearing that. Um it, it adds a layer of depth to my understanding of you <clears throat> over the years. Um and it touches me um well we are on on the topic what can you share about that journey that journey about embodying kind of that that essence if it's something that's you i imagine it's something you intimate from from my from a younger age right and but then the culture doesn't quite welcome it or allow it and so then you gotta like be like wait a minute this is this is who I am. I'm, I'm wondering what you can share, if what you're comfortable sharing about, about your journey. Hmm.
1: Yeah, when I think about myself as a young person, um, having moved from, been, been moved, I didn't choose it, but having been moved from Venezuela um, and what my younger years were like, I always had this essence of being receptive, uh, whether that was because it's in my spirit or because I was an immigrant and I was like, what is this world I'm in? How do I interact with it? Um, So being, having this uh, way of being that was receptive um, and also an enormous amount of, of feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And being in a town, being in, uh social spaces that uh i feel social spaces and also you know american us culture that uh takes advantage of that right and um i didn't feel i was offered enough resourcing around how to be receptive and be grounded mm-hmm. in myself. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I really shrunk, um, and I really had, like, had cultivated these wounds uh, around not being seen, and also being feeling really in disaccord with the world around me. Mm-hmm and really frustrated and angry and looking around and being like, I sense it. (laughs) I sense it in myself. I sense it around me. And what? Yeah. So um, I really started like developing my political self, which really was like the, the place in my life where I was able to be given language and frameworks and, actually understand this material world um, a lot better Um, and it was like arriving to an oasis being dehydrated it was like oh my god yes tell me right affirm these sensations i have in my body Um, and really like the first sensation the first feelings that i was just flooded with was anger uh you know this warrior spirit that lives in my body I, I feel like I am both a warrior and a lover.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the warrior in me just was given room, was given space through um organizing that I that I entered, whether that was Occupy or labor organizing that I went into. Um I was angry. Yes. And <laughs> and it was a sensation of like of bridging like my younger self and where I was at that time. And I was like, I am multiple things at once. And there was the door of non-binary that I started to approach. This is beyond, you know, my experience of being queer, of being a young queer, of being a young uh gender playful person. Um mm-hmm. but the essence of of it. Um and I uh you know the high of that lasted not not too long
2: <laughs> um like,
1: yes i'm empowered i'm angry i'm gonna fight everything and then i'm like ooh, i feel really unwell i'm so anxious all of the time i uh don't know how to maintain relationship with people i love and hold my values i like everything is like i'm i'm like jumping off a springboard
2: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
1: and it got to the point where i was just organizing i had you know gotten my dream job as a as a external organizer in this union that i really really respected and i was the most depressed i've ever been in my wow. whole life
0: wow right
1: um the most depressed the most like felt sense of betrayal that was profound in my body and I had like ruptured relationships with people I loved. I had, um, hurt people who had given me a lot of love. Um, and I noticed that I was just kind of cycling around. I was cycling. I still hadn't landed somewhere. I was still cycling around a wound. Uh, the wound was still driving me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or wounds were still driving me. Um, and where I am now is, you know, I got the warrior in me. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're we're recording this and uh there is so much, you know, the the most airstrikes that have happened in Gaza happened last night, and I am uh trying to tend like you know, what is the dignified posture of this warrior in my body? Right. And how do I hold uh this uh being that that loves and wants to be loved as well um not to create a binary because it's all you know it's all a part of the holistic thing but i'm seated here and i'm 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 in these like town hall meetings internally
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. how
1: do we all feel held and heard and how do i like bring into my actions uh that which i want to amplify and seed and and make visible and um yeah having this moment bring me into a place of i feel really clear about my values i feel really clear about what solidarity and liberation means to me and that includes how do i love and extend compassion and at least see the wounds of the people who i feel in that i love and feel in intense disaccord an intense um Mm -hmm. ricochet effect from each other
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um that are like the really like the closest uh figure of these oppressive systems that i have like physically materially in my life you know um so just like yeah what does it mean to like what does it mean to move Grounded in my values and my needs and my uh, deepening of practice of remembering who I am. I see. And hold what is dear to me, uh, which is practicing love and healing and practicing solidarity and uh, honest senses of liberation.
0: Yes. Courageous journey. I'm so. So happy to be talking with you, and really, yeah, just I feel like I'm holding a an awareness of how true, how true this is. How you you really, really, fully turning yourself towards towards this, you know. And and I I can I can relate to to, to some of it myself. You know, I also was moved <laughs> from to, from Puerto Rico to to the US mainland and uh, I remember like around 16 or so reading the autobiography of Malcolm X and just finally like I came at 12 and then finally feeling like I had a language for what was happening you know and then yeah I turned also I think uh, yeah like uh, I would say receptive is one way to put it I want to say perhaps sensitive or, but um, yeah, like, like a feeler, right? Like somebody that would allow myself to feel, um, but also like a, a period of just allowing anger to be the defining characteristic, you know, and. I often compared to coffee, like it, it'll get you like high, and then drop you, you know. Mm. Um, I, and, so, and so, and so, eventually, you you, I, you can't be immersed in such discord and in such anger and it not impact. Yeah, the way it impacted my relationships with others and the way it manifested in, in really ugly ways, and I think I think similar to you. Finding ways to bring healing and medicine to to my to life and my work, while while, could, while keeping a warrior stance, you know, while keeping a stance of yeah, this cannot stand like this. This this mm-hmm. kind of self-terminating system <laughs> mm-hmm. can can cannot, cannot hold and. And trying to find a new way of being with each other. So yeah, a lot, a lot of what you're saying resonates deeply, even if our embodied experiences have been so different. So I really, mm-hmm. I'm resonating, and uh, and I'm appreciating, and I'm curious as to um, how do you deal how do you contend with remaining such a receptive person because that's if i know if i know oneself feel something about you is that is that you're like you just you just sense you just sense deeply you know and uh and and so like, like as you were saying like you are in the middle of the fire you're in these town hall meetings and you're like w- what are some ways in which you know to regulate yourself and to protect that receptivity while staying open? Are there practices? Are there philosophies that you turn to for remaining, for like keeping, keeping that potency that comes with, with that capacity to feel and, um, while being exposed to very intense times and environments, like, Perhaps this can lead us into, into the coaching conversation, but I'm wondering what, what you're learning for yourself.
2: Hmm.
1: Flooded by uh-huh. <laughs> by gratefully the resourcing that I have uh gathered and has been offered to me and uh you know, holding the parts of me that are like you have to say all of them,
2: <laughs> give <laughs> them
1: all praise. Um but I know they feel it in my heart, um, you know, approaching this conversation um i I lit candle on my altar
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, praying that the all those that we have lost um, experience an easeful transition,
2: mm-hmm.
1: praying the ancestors for that um I sat at my altar, uh, and I took deep breaths, and I centered on my little heart, this little fire that I feel in the center of my chest. Feels like my spirit, uh, to be with, what makes, what is my like node in the web. Mm Hmm. I made tea. Ashwagandha and boat tops and calendula. Um, I know rose, linden, Tilo. Um, I grabbed my palo santo, mm. I filled my water, uh, I put on. You know these beads that were with uh, my mother were gifted to me by a loved one that were with my mother as she passed. Mm -hmm. Um, I texted some loved ones, loved ones, telling them I was going to be here.
2: Mm.
1: I went for a long play session with my dog. Um, Wow. I remember my a conversation I had with my dad a few days ago um about how to how to be in moments like these and Mm. my dad said just don't get too caught up in the suffering that you forget to look at the ones you love and to see the sun. Uh and life will pass you by. Um Last night, I attended a teach in uh, about Black feminism and Palestine. Um, And felt the ancestors of Audre Lorde and Jude Jordan and for Black feminists um, that call me into uh, being able to hold multiple things at once and um keep keep my feet on this material ground like what is this material- what is what is actually happening in this material ground that we're in um so um I think also uh sometimes I'm not receptive <laughs> <laughs> um uh, And, uh, cultivating an awareness around when I am that way, when I am moving in that place and how do I love myself in that place? Um, and also not make decisive action that will, uh, ultimately, um, affect my life in ways that I don't actually deeply consent to, Uh
2: um,
1: And um, how do I how do I um, not be so receptive that I uh, lose my my ground? Right, my right. sense of body. Um, I feel the uh, desire to acknowledge um, the role of my different teachers, um, and specifically. think there was a really big turning point when i was like turned towards um buddhism um and the dharma and being offered so many tools and framing and resourcing to act to like witness what was happening in my body Mm -hmm. um tools that i rely on on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. to explore what actually feeling liberation in my body feels like and when am I getting rigid around it? Um, hmm. Including how do I get rigid about trying to be receptive?
0: <laughs> right. you <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> when I hear all of it and then I'm like, who am I if I'm just hearing, listening all to all of it?
0: Right.
1: Who, who am I in that, in the waves?
0: Yeah. I Ashe. I so much, so much to pick up on in what you're saying. And I think some of it I will, yeah, I will come back to, but I, I, I'm really feeling the other work you've done to get here and also the, the honesty and integrity with which you aim to, to be with yourself. Um, which I think is so important I'm um, not easy. Uh, tell me, let's talk a little bit about your vocation to coaching. And uh yeah, I, I, you know, we have, we were blessed to spend some really special time together recently, but other than that, I haven't seen you in a little while. And except I do follow you on Instagram and uh it's just been delightful to, To see you bring some of what you're learning and drop some lessons in there, and some from like regulating your nervous system to uh, just joy, seeing you dancing, you know, and just like which is a self-expression, but it's also a a teaching that I think is is a way that it's something a, a way a path that you bring into your coaching. And I'm just curious about the vocation and the approach.
2: Mm-hmm. Ah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as you were speaking, and I, I think it felt connected to the previous question, I was like, um, I feel most grounded and certain and less afraid the more I like I like bring myself in. I yeah. uh bring different parts of myself and look at them and um, integrate them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I feel, I feel the fragility when I, there are things outside of my view, my periphery.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: There is a like, uh, yeah, because it's out of my periphery, there is a like tension. There's like something I'm fight. uh, There's a protective thing right that that is in my body um and that feels like a big ground for my coaching practice Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is seeing what feeling in myself and then seeing in my coaching partners what is possible when we uh are supported um in Turning towards the parts of us that we feel tension with, right? Uh, with with curiosity that sometimes we can't we can't muster ourselves, but having a coach can support, or having a, a beloved can support. Um, so that's uh, that's the first thing. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that because self expression is like. Yeah, it's one of my shadow things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's been a practice to turn towards the parts of me that are afraid to be seen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to turn towards a part of me that parts of me that um, have been taught by different uh, dominant systems um, to that I don't have value in what I say, mm. and so. You know, you're not the first person to say like I've really appreciated your self expression. I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's like, (laughs) you know, an affirmation of of that practice. Um, And um, yeah, when I when I sense and when I feel coaching, um, the spirit of coaching, the like, feels like the ancestral spirit of coaching. Feels, and I've said this it's like very old uh, it feels in my body mm-hmm. um, you know a person cultivating the practice to be a like loving mirror for someone uh, to with that mirror and with different practices support this exploration of of like true consent and choice.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful to have, to have that feeling. Um, and my coaching program uh, that I most recently did that I'm so grateful for, just really centered um, black and indigenous worldviews in how we developed and understood what coaching is. Um, Coaching for Healing, Justice, and Liberation is a program. Damon, Sada, Gay, um, three folks, as well as my cohort mates, who really um, supported me in in affirming what I feel is true, which is um, coaching as a way to return each of us to our essence. Not that we all have the same essence, that's actually not the point, <laughs> like actually really returning to the the yeah, the core self that we're we're here to remember to be um, and having that be interwoven, which and in relationship with what is happening in this world, right what um, you know, having an abolition framework, having uh, having coaching return to its indigeneity and have coaching support, um, bringing grounded healing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having our coaching containers be spaces where we can... Um, um, Hold with compassion the ways that we've been moving from the wounds that white supremacy, colonialism, et cetera, have like inflicted on our bodies. Mm -hmm. And an antidote to that also being uh, we choose what to do with our day-to-day life. Yes. We choose where to put our energy. And we choose to, through that way, be cultivating and building and architecting the world we're wanting in the right now. Mm. And that is one that is in our essential self is, to me, you know, um, one that is essentially uh, interconnected. Yes. Essentially in relationship with everything. So uh, our coaching practice, my coaching practice holds the self. And one that I have, I'm really grateful to my teachers um, for reminding this body of is that, you know, coaching is in service of the self and is in coaching of the collective and the coaching of the collective is in service of the self
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: thinking about, you know, conversations we've had of, the essential roles of the I and the We.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and the tending to the I always has to have the question about how is that supporting the We? How is that supporting uh, these webs that we're a part of? That we have a responsibility to.
2: Yes. Um,
0: mm-hmm. it's beautiful, beautiful. I, I I resonate. I resonate deeply uh, with what you're sharing, and. Uh, yeah, I just resonate very deeply with what you're sharing. It makes sense to me. It resonates in my body. I am, uh, I am aware of just from knowing you and even hearing you right now. Of this, this real powerful stance that you hold around consent and choice and. And even in relationship to yourself, you know, as you, re- as you referred to earlier, right? Like, am I truly consenting to this? Um, even even if, if it's you and you, <laughs> you know? And uh, I'd love to, to hear more about that, about that, that posture and how you hold it and why it's so important.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, consent is the, the, like the moment I, that consent was uh, offered to me as something to learn with the word consent. Mm -hmm. uh, It's like it's been an endless unveiling of what, of the depth of what consent means. Um, I've been thinking about consent a lot, um, all the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I am a survivor, have had my personal, uh, body be non-consentedly mm-hmm. crossed. My ancestors have had their lands non-consensually crossed. Um, and right now the um, Gaza is being bombed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I am seeing so many of my Jewish siblings say not in our name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I am feeling a lot of the queers uh, around me say, not in our name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I am feeling uh, the sense of helplessness of being in the United States. Helplessness in my body, but also very much around me of of um, uh, our money, our labor, our... Uh, Comfort um, being used non-consensually,
0: right.
1: um, To commit a genocide, attempt to commit a genocide. Um, the curiosity of like what what does it mean to practice consent is uh, also an awareness that um, the dominant systems colonialism white supremacy ableism patriarchy are all rooted on non-consent right (laughs) are rooted on force um on overriding on domination uh non-consensual domination um and you know the fractals you know adrian murray brown's conversation around um the, the small is a mirror of the large, um, an emergent strategy as well as just so many indigenous cosmologies sharing that. Like all of that, uh, all of that breaks down also in our bodies, mm-hmm. in my body.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and and being so um, in a world that causes so much unnecessary suffering and wounding. Uh, the perpetuation, the continuation also is because uh, trauma, all these things, like, put me, put us on this autopilot, on these, like, um, reactive cycles um, to, with the belief that it'll keep us safe, with the belief that it'll keep us, um, that it will protect us. Um, I think about this with, um, people that I love so much and are Zionists um, and have a family that survived the Holocaust that mm-hmm. um, I see I see the the pain and I see the contraction and I see the like absence of resourcing to like move through it back into a sense of being protected, um, a sense of feeling like it's okay to, um, to love and to practice solidarity and to not absorb, um, messaging that is coming from that wound. It's coming from the trauma. The trauma is just like cycling and cycling and cycling and cycling and cycling,
2: um,
1: and so what does it mean to practice consent in our bodies, in our, re- in our relationships? Um, and can we have true consent if we are not practicing profound self-awareness?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. If we are not being honest about our shadows, if we're not being honest about um, the parts of us that are angry and hurt and feel unlovable and feel um, betrayed and abandoned. and um what those parts of us are telling us to do,
2: right hmm.
1: when um the bombs started dropping this this time around, you know, um oh Gaza, um I felt myself go into this stance of anger and hatred, mm-hmm. Um, because of just like so much profound grief
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh disbelief um and it took me a bit to and I'm grateful I gave myself that space, and I loved myself through it because mm-hmm. I knew that it was because i'm hurt right um and i was able to um, remember, like sense into, you know, the shadow is like the parts of the people who I feel hurt by, like their hurts.
0: Right. That's a powerful, powerful insight.
1: And then, you know, that doesn't mean I have to like have them close to me, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am like, that's that that softens me again
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: not in a overly receptive way where I like lose my values and my grounding, but it softens my heart again to remember that um the thing is the systems at play, right. I want to bring my energy towards the systems at play, not to the people around me who I know are really hurt
2: mm-hmm.
1: or not my anger and like uh you know. Um, big fighter uh, destruction energy. Yeah. Um, I think I want to name. I'm just feeling like you know this is how I move through these things.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: you know, for the folks hearing, I'm like, this is just me. Ah. Um, and ultimately, that eased my
2: suffering. Yeah. To.
1: be like I don't know I I feel like if we are to explore you are not in deep consent with yourself
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: because I know you Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. or even if I don't I I, I struggle to believe that people could cause such harm Mm -hmm. And actively be in like a grounded, embodied, full, whole sense of consent. Right. And cause so much harm.
0: Right. Right. I struggle to believe that. Yeah. Thank you for the gift of your attention. If there's something here that resonates for you, something that feels true and good, Think about a friend that you could share it with. We cure it for each other, and that's the only way the good stuff spreads. I, I appreciate the the very respectful way in which you speak of things that they're true for you. Um, but I I, I I find I find great wisdom in them in what you're saying, and. Uh, it's good to to listen for wisdom you know when people are doing their best to to embody it so just really again honoring honoring you for for that work and for just the the balance you're trying to strike as you as you turn towards the horror and remain committed to your own humanity right and I, it's like uh, this is for why for me. Of course, there's many other wise people that have shared similarly. But you know, in the 20th century, the work of Viktor Frankl, who really experienced horror himself, and and somehow was able to keep a sense of meaning and and human dignity in it. Um, where others didn't, right? And and you can't quite blame people for how they show up when they are under the worst possible circumstances a human being can experience. Um, that's not for us to judge, but it's also for us to pay attention to to those that that keep their humanity in the process and and how they do it. You know, I I was uh, having. Um, what we call family night uh this weekend with uh with my ex and our son and periodically we make sure to to spend time together as the three of us and um and you know she was she was just really asking if in my my spiritual work whatever i'm listening to in terms of messages right and what what am I learning about these times? Like, you know, are we are we doomed? <laughs> like, is this what's happening? You know, and and I I don't know that doomed is the right word, but I I did say I I expect the system's going to shake deeply, and there will be, you know, I'm really influenced by the work of Meg Wheatley, and um, she has this beautiful book called Who Do We Choose to Be. And uh, it's amazing because the new edition has eighty percent new material, which is, I think, is amazing. And one of the things she asserts is that if anything, if there's anything that civilizations have in common is that they do collapse, you know, and that that's just what happens to 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 them. And it feels like everything is shaking really hard right now between and then between climate between climate change and and. The rise of the right and the the challenges to what semblance of democracy we we did have or, or or have it's it feels all very real. And so, for me, Whitley's question is most important: is who do we choose to be? You know, who do we choose to be in the middle of it? You know, and uh, that's a bit of that's a lot of what I'm hearing in you. It's like you you're making a you're making a choice uh to to be to, to stay grounded and human because in the end in the end there will be many people who can't and in the end our our, our response will be better from that place of of grounded clarity about principle and value. But also commitment to the heart, you know, and that's a lot of what I'm hearing and sensing in, in what you're sharing, and I'm just really appreciative of of, of the effort that you bring into it. Um, and I appreciated earlier when you were talking about our parts, you know, and how some of them we are uh, we exile. You didn't use that word, but you know they we we don't honor. And how you do that with your in in your coaching, you provide a mirroring, a holding space for for people to bring to kind of come into contact with those parts, right? And, and not exclusively those parts. I'm sure you also help them come into contact with their very awake parts, right? And uh, um, and so the way I look at that is as a as a as an integrating of ourselves, the so coming into integrity with ourselves, and I look at like western culture certainly well since before but like particularly industrial culture really is about the compartmentalization of life right and that's how that's how we get out of sync with the planet right and uh because we separate things we it we stop we see we see the parts we don't see the whole and and then we start to crack ourselves ourselves become parts and well, I mean, we all have parts, but like we, we compartmentalize. And I feel like the work towards our own liberation is, is this, is this coming, is coming back together that you're speaking to and that you're helping others through. Um, So that's a lot of what I'm, what I'm sensing and hearing. And so I made a couple of notes here of things I wanted to, to get back to because I know that they're very important parts of you. And like, when I asked you about how you, how you, um, yeah, how do you tend to kind of be in this receptive person? Um, you mentioned like the tea that you drank and you mentioned a bunch of plants. And so I know that, that you are in many ways like, I don't know if you call yourself an herbalist, I, I see you as one, and you are like a, a plant person. Um, and I, almost every time we've talked, it has come up, you know, and, and it's like a, a wisdom that you've cultivated. And so I wanted to to ask about that part of you and that side of you and how, to, how does it feed you? How does it help you be in tune?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> While you were saying that, I was feeling like, oh, my stomach... I woke up with a really tense stomach this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like there's so much happening. It's hard to digest. And I just like feel tension in my stomach and just like oh, I'm grateful for this tea because I think it supported moving mm. this tension in my stomach. Um, and You know, I don't know if I would claim herbalist because I don't know, there's like Western messaging in my head that I need to do X, Y, Z to like do the thing. (laughs) But I feel in a natural, um, uh, ancient, remembering ancient relationship of being with plants on a daily basis, um, around me, internally, um, And I am looking at this mug, which was my mother's, who passed last year. And it says, being an awesome mom is kind of my thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful.
1: And um, she is who reminded me in this lifetime um, about partnering with plants in moments of, throughout our lives, but also in moments of crisis. my mother, uh, survived cancer, um, breast cancer once before the second time she got it, which ultimately is what she, what she passed, what she died from. But, um, the first time she, um, survived it without doing any chemo or radiation, she, uh, partnered with an indigenous elder, um, like went really deep into relationship with her, with her herbs and her plants and um, her food. And, you know, I just have so many memories of her telling me mm-hmm. about random facts <laughs> of um, what different plants, different foods, different things do to the cells and the vina and, the, um, and how they support in bringing this equilibrium. Uh, because they also just inherently remind us of uh, this truth is that we're interconnected and we're part of the land mm-hmm. and that there are beings who are also wiser than us. Um, some ways yes. and in their own ways. And um, yeah, I went through a self healer rites of passage herbal program with Suchikoa and um, Naomi Moody. And that really was a like, okay, I'm going to grab the, the, the fire, the be like the walking stick of my healing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to claim it and I am going to accept support. <laughs> um, and I was in a really difficult time in my life then and human relationships were. Human relationships have have been difficult yeah. for me, also as a neurodivergent person with all these lived experiences in this world. Yeah. I'm like human relationships. Like, um, I sometimes need a particular type of fortification to approach them, and and really uh, have been grateful for the reminders that I can um, rely on other beings, on my non-human kin to support me, um, and on plantitas who like my stomach has been really hurting and i couldn't i was doing the breathing practices that i could i was putting my heater on it and really it's like the plantitas really helped me in digesting what i like consciously can't do um or my nervous system like you know yeah so endlessly grateful to the the plantitas who support my nervous system, so I can like return to a more spacious, receptive, and boundaryed self.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: um, um, yeah, it's, they're beautiful relationships. I have like a lot of people coming to mind, and just like really dear beloveds who tend to land so lovingly and profoundly. And when I'm with them, I'm like, thank you for reminding me mm-hmm. <laughs> of the, the, of the access to these relationships. Um, and, you know, yeah, I'm just, I just continue to um, mention Palestine and Gaza, cause it's just so yes. present for me and watching this, this, seeing this photo of folks picking from a tree yesterday like mm-hmm. these fruits you know there's like hardly any food hardly any water hardly any electricity and they found these fruits on these trees and it's not enough but the true tree is still giving
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and and i think about the privilege of having access to greenery outside my home right. um of um Yeah. Having, being able to like, still see the native plants grow here. um, uh, Still have, um, even though this isn't like the land I'm indigenous to, the land I'm visiting, like still being able to be in relationship with the plants here. Um, So I, yeah, in, as I've been witnessing what's been happening, I've been like grabbing my things more dearly. Like, thank you. I'm so grateful that you can support my digestion, my nervous system. Um, And the reminder that they're constantly a part of the, of the healing of our healing, you know, Um, I even think about cannabis and like the essential role that that has played in me getting here. Um, yeah, different plant medicines that have just helped me see what I couldn't see on my own.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. It's something that you hold that you hold very powerfully and yeah, as as a as a friend with the care with care and respect just like encouraging you to like keep that keep that channel open because it really it really moves through you. And it's an important wisdom, and 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 it connects me to one of our one of our last questions here before I get into a couple of questions that I ask every guest. Um, but I know uh, we've talked some about indigeneity and re-indigenizing as a as something that the many of our people are are remembering, and that. That it's part of something that you are holding, and i when I think about herbalism and you talked about your mother being with indigenous folk and her own remembering what what can you share about that process for you or that aspiration for you? Is there something you could you could speak to in terms of like that remembering of of our ourselves or our heritage yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know some of it is so fresh, like a new layer a new layer um has is taking root that is pretty fresh um but i i think a lot of i feel i feel
2: mm-hmm. i feel
1: a lot about this um as a person of um mixed ancestry Mm -hmm. and on land that I was not born on. My parents were not born on. Um, And so with so much longing for my homeland
2: Mm -hmm. um,
1: and knowing that my homeland was, it is, was the homeland, the ancestral homeland of some of my people Mm And also the land that received some of my other people, um, perhaps at the cost of some of my other ancestors. Yeah,
0: that's the complexity um, of it.
1: You know, um, yeah. Returning to the sensation of of uh, this body, the the conflict, um, the tension between, you know, indigenous folks and um, Folks perpetuating colon colonialization, um, colonizer folks on my land, like that lives inside of my body, mm-hmm. um, and I have continued to receive pretty clear instructions about um, and Collins for the ways that I continue to give um, the colonizers in my body more room. Mm-hmm more airtime, more practice space, more, um, uh, air, um, more resourcing. Um, and I'm grateful to be, um, surrounded by, by humans who, um, mirror that for me and invite me into what it means to choose, um, to rectify and bring balance, um, of which I struggle or or I like bring um, my solidarity energy to externally. And how am I doing that internally to um, beyond, you know, being in this like fighting energy towards like the colonizer in my body. Um, Also, um, giving more room and also asking for more support externally beyond me um, to have that um, those voices to have those ancestors to have those experiences feel um, visualized and feel like their voices heard um, and. With what's been going on in Palestine I've been really like triggered in like in this like profound bones type place um and in this like siblinghood of um yeah being the recipients of colonization um and and I've been invited um, by my guides and, and different folks to actually take the time to tend to the part of me that is, that in this body, like, is, still is Indigenous and is triggered and activated and um, having memories um, and... And so then like, what does that, what does that part, what do those um, parts of me need? And that being kind of a process of re-indigenization of, um, those parts of me need me to go to ceremony. Mm -hmm. Those parts of me need me to go to the fire. Those parts of me need me to go to my ancestors. Um, Those parts of me need me to express explicit solidarity with indigenous people. and and that um, you know the way that like colonizer then like takes shape as like the savior, um, noticing how like no I, like I need to stay here, <laughs> um, I need to act and like move my life force in a direction. Um, but I need to stay close to my fire. I need to stay close to this body that. Um, is land also land that has been crossed that I have to look at in the mirror every day. Um, and that I have to live with every day. Um, and that, that, and through that, um, I am like amplifying what I want to be amplifying more. I am, um, feels like bringing some justice to the internal town hall internal systems of complexity and like historical violence and resistance um that lives inside my body too Um, all of that is like while like not being able to go back to my homeland at this moment um not having been back in a while and so what does it mean to like do that here where I am a visitor, um, where I'm on other people, other indigenous people's land. Um, not from a place of like guilt and collapse, um, but from a place of profound solidarity. I see. And healing. I see.
0: Beautiful, powerful. What a what an important part of, of the, your journey and your work. It all it all it all makes sense. It all it all comes together. And uh, I can't I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I think um, I I am gonna I'm gonna move to ask you at least one of the questions that we asked, that I like to ask at close. But I, I think you and I have I might have mentioned to you. Uh, I, um, one of my, one of the medicine people I work with, it's, it's, it comes initiated in the Chipibo tradition, and, and the Chipibo people have this powerful practice called a dieta, and, uh, and it's this, this practice where. For X amount of time, you know, sometimes you can go for 10 days to the jungle, sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's, it depends on the situation. But you, you build up an intimate relationship with the plant, you know, and it could be any plant, you know, I've heard people work with coca, people work with rose, people work with oak even it, here in the north, you know, um, all kinds of, all kinds of plants and, and it's almost like the the ayahuasca pl- medicine is it's used around it, like at the beginning, at the end, maybe in the middle. But it is it is this deep development of connection with with a plant that then once it's like once it's integrated in your body, that that intelligence or some part of that intelligence is available to you for life, you know. And uh, yeah, just just hearing you us talk about herbs and then talk about indigeneity the the people people came to mind and as uh, as at least one people that that would sound like would be interesting for for someone like you to to connect with i feel um well there's a question i ask um at the at the end of every episode and it comes out of my own commitment to work to work with men and uh, I always like to ask my guests powerful people such as yourself wise people um, what advice do you have for for men what should men do as we as we seek to become conscious as we seek to right the wrongs of patriarchy while while remaining um, who we are, if if we if we are a certain way, like uh, if we have like uh, if we're masculine identified bodies, you know, like keeping that masculinity, but but also like addressing all of the ways in which we've been socialized to to cause harm, you know, and so it's like a, a question that I I ask, I'm committed to asking uh, with every podcast.
2: for that question my first feeling is just
1: like there's so many different type of men
0: (laughs) (laughs) right fair.
1: so you know I think about the men that are in my life and a lot of them I'm like you need more queer people in your life
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and more trans people in your life and non-binary people in your life. Um, Yeah, men generally. Um,
2: And more um, honest,
1: and a lot of people have said this, a lot more, more honest emotional intimacy with other men. Yes. Um, and accountability Mm -hmm. from men, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not just, you know, let me hug you. Let me, let me care for you. But also, um, this is my dude. (laughs) This is what, how you're causing harm. Um, I love you. And, um, um, yeah so much I feel since and people have written about um the healing that is possible when men re- can like integrate the parts of them that know that they're flawed
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um that know that they cause harm um that know that they're hurt, yeah, but they're like just like bulking up around it um Yeah. The the integration of, of the little ones in you that were hurt and needed a hug Mm -hmm. and needed to be told like, yo, it wasn't good. It wasn't nice. It wasn't nice that you did that. Um, Or like, I'm sorry, I don't have the resourcing to actually support you in building connections that like reach your heart. Um, That being like a parent to a younger one. and, yeah, and I think about this this weekend and when I was, I was at grief ceremony um, led by beautiful elders, people in Boston here. Um, and there was one kind of man, <laughs> a man who also is like a plus. Um, and that's it. Um, the rest were non-men.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was a little disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the space was perfect. But I was also like, oh, this is something I continuously see Mm -hmm. over and over again. And then what happens? We enter our relationships and it's like the non-men doing a lot of the healing work. Yeah, You know, my friends and I talk about like, oh, that man clearly has been worked by some femmes uh, or some non-men in his life. Uh, He has been the beneficiary of of a lot of work and I'm like go to ceremony yes um go to therapy yes um yes go to go to men's healing circles which are happening yeah they exist um go there (laughs) um and I understand some people don't have resourcing you know like put the feelers out ask people look out for things go to spiritual development things, go to emotional healing things. Um, I'm like, I would love to see a day where there are just more men in these healing spaces. There are more men that are curious about what it means to like heal on an intimate level. Um, And like practice, that as like a practice of solidarity, that as a practice of love.
2: Um, And...
1: Yeah. And, um, and I think that there's also like the ask that men hold compassionate space, even if you can't, it's not good for you to be near it. Mm -hmm. Asking for compassionate space to be held in the heart for the hurt that exists in, in other people's bodies. Um, That looks like a lot of different things. It, it, manifests itself like a lot of different things and that is the results of patriarchal system that is the result of colonial system it is not just because this person is like very whatever that's just like yeah insert misogynist thing here um it's like people are really hurt generationally um right um in the same way that other 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 identities have like all this pain that shows up like uh, things that feel not relational, things that feel um like angry um, and reactive it's like that that is also here it's I'm sometimes surprised to feel all the places that it is for me um Yeah, there's like a mantle that mantle, um, a torch that like men around me. Well, I have some men that are. It's just always like, just pick up the torch again. Pick it up again. Right. <laughs> pick right. it up again and again right. and again and again. Um, right. Um, because the people around you are doing an enormous amount of work.
2: Yeah.
1: That you benefit from.
0: It's powerful. Very powerful, very rich. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This, um, uh, yeah, I'm collecting, I'm collecting this, this wisdom and, uh, yeah, continue to share it. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, the care and the honesty that you bring to the question. As we, as we close, all it has been absolutely delightful to connect with you this way and, I feel uh, an opening in my own heart and a settling in my own self, uh, and I trust that that will be transmitted to to listeners. Um, is there anything, uh, anything that you want us to? Anything else that you want us to know about you, or any way, mainly ways to find you if we want to be in touch with your work or follow you? What are what are some so, some ways? And of course, I'll also ask for the written version and share them in emails and stuff But but, but people that just get, that are getting this on the podcast apps what might be ways that they can uh find you and engage you
1: mm-hmm. um uh, my website solstice-healing.com is probably the main way um i you know, I love to direct people to my Instagram, too, but I recently made that private because of leering eyes Um, in, like, um, yeah, surveillance of people who are, like, stop killing Palestinians. Huh. Um, so, um, you know, you can send me an invite and... Yeah, um, but really my website um, and I offer folks who are interested in a coaching relationship with me um, a free 45 minutes to an hour to check um, if we have chemistry to do beautiful things together. Um, So you can like write me through my my website and we can go from there. Um, And I have a newsletter that you can sign up for, too. Um, that, yeah. But my my preference is always usually like one on one face calls. <laughs> um,
2: sure.
1: I prefer dropping into those containers with people. Um, if there's anything else for to know about me.
2: Mm, No, I think I
1: feel pretty complete. Um, without needing to say everything, cover all the all the grounds of everything.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe I would. Perhaps I would add. Uh, that as kind of thoughtful and caring as you are, um, you're also very very pr- playful. And uh, we enjoy a good laugh and uh, yeah, just just, just lovely company, and uh, yeah. that was good. <laughs> I, mean, that, I think that comes through very clearly in the time we spent together. But uh, um, we tend to we tend to laugh more in other contexts, and I, I just uh, the podcast doesn't always allow for that, and uh, I just maybe would I would throw that in I, just the other night. We were we were laughing quite a bit. Oh, which was a blessing and a grace um I'm really yeah i felt happy. like if go ahead, go ahead
1: i felt like if we would have had this conversation in spanish we would have been that's a little
0: more like you know true. that is completely true. playful
1: back and forth sometimes in english i'm like
0: <coughs> <laughs> me too me too me too i mean i you me. know i laugh i laugh all the time but it's yeah the, it's it's um i think that the format doesn't always in itself to it, to it, but uh, I wanted people to know that about you too, and thank you. Just like your heart <laughs> is so good, so thank you so much, Sol. It's mm. been an absolute delight. I can't wait for people to to meet you this way and to hear more about you, and I can't wait to see what flows from here. But it's been really beautiful to finally do this together. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you for the trust, Um I love you very much. Te quiero mucho Igual. Hey. Yeah, I'm hoping this is received with, with love.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't expect different. We have a great, great group of listeners. Ooh. Un Un Signal versus noise. There's so much competing for our attention. And I am so glad that you stayed with us through the end of the podcast. It should mean that you're finding something meaningful here. Hopefully, something worth sharing. And so I'm asking again that you think of somebody who would be touched by this conversation, who wants to be a part of it some way. It is a decentralized conversation. It is a way in which we're changing ourselves by leaning in towards each other in places like this and in the exchange of these ideas. So who's a person or two that will be specially moved by what you've heard here today. Send them a text, an email. Let them know we're here. We're not trying to reach everybody, but we wanna reach the right people. We wanna keep having this decentralized conversation. We wanna keep working on getting right to the edge of the evolution of consciousness and culture to see what we find here together. Thank you again for being a part of this. Liking the podcast helps. Subscribing is definitely a good thing. Feedback is always welcomed. Stay in touch.